0: Hey folks, just wanted to give you a heads up before this episode starts that we do discuss topics such as sexual assault in this episode, so just a warning before you start listening that this will be something that comes up. Enjoy our latest episode of Tone Deaf.
1: Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real and mostly unedited. This show is for ages 14 and up, because sometimes you just need to use a swear. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf.
0: Welcome to Tone Deaf a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren, I'm musically challenged. All right, so I'm wearing a special shirt
1: just for today. Uh, It's black with red and white words, and there's a man on a horse, and what looks like a boy on another horse, and it says words in a language that I don't speak. <laughs> But I, I, oh, oh, I do notice Don Quixote.
0: Yes. Today, we're going to do Man of La Mancha. So I actually got this shirt when I was in Toledo, Spain. And it's got the opening to Don Quixote by Miguel Cervantes. What does it say? Well, I can't read it upside down, really.
1: Uh, You can't read it upside down and in Spanish?
0: En un lugar de la mancha... Uh, de cu ku... tiempo que vivía un hey you're in it K okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> alrighty so um the man of La Mancha is this is going to be another one of those sandwich shows like adap- adaptation sandwiches so it's based on i don quixote which is a teleplay or play specifically filmed for television uh, which was also based on don quixote by miguel de cervantes Um, the book was by dale wasserman and music and lyrics were by joe darian and mitch lay this is not a faithful rendition of the book do not use this on a book report you will fail Duly noted. Yes, I do not know that from experience. I'm just, you know, it's not, it's not accurate. So okay, because isn't isn't Don Quixote like
1: isn't the book pretty long? Like it's, it's, a, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's
0: two volumes basically. Gotcha. It's it's a long book. It's one of the first modern novels. Um, but this is about Man of La Mancha, not about Don Quixote. So <laughs> sorry. I right. the podcast. I, I will try not to go on a tangent there. Um it, it, it took a lot, by the way, to not go on to a tangent of the history of television for this episode, <laughs> much like with uh, the Peter Pan episode where I really wanted to go into like the history of using
1: kineoscopes and stuff. so so a funny thing that you you listeners might 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 find it as hilarious as I do is uh Kay, is is a research junkie and every now and then she will get a bug and she'll research something and she will go down (laughs) the rabbit hole of researching until she knows like everything about it and it's so when she says i'm gonna try really hard to not you know divulge x y or z just know she really wants to because she just read about it and she wants to share it with you but then we would be here all night i cannot wait until
0: we do the scientology pageant episode what We'll get to that. Okay, so, um, like I said, this is based on a 1959 teleplay, which was written by Dale Wasserman. Uh, Wasserman had originally wanted this to be titled Man of La Mancha, the uh, teleplay, but DuPont Corporation, who produced it, were like, no, people won't know what La Mancha is, so there's the title I Don Quixote. Ah. which i'm kind of like well if anyone has like a slight awareness of anything man of la mancha well maybe la mancha is a region in spain so that means that anyway because um, if you're not going to know la mancha you're not going to know don quixote you monsters
1: um hey excuse me i knew don quixote but i didn't know la mancha
0: but you could have at least inferred, right? If you read Man of La Mancha and, and could, you were aware been... of Don Quixote as in, like, you knew what you were signing up for when uh, you were watching uh... a show, then you'd be
1: like, oh, okay. I guess. Like, if you just said, "What do you, what, when you hear Man of La Mancha, what do you think? I would go, well, that sounds like a romantic language, so somewhere in Europe, maybe Italy... This probably would have been Uh, my first guess.
0: Okay, fair. I'm just, like, they they went with, oh, well, they'll know Don Quixote, but not La Mancha, and it's like, if if people are tuning in for that, then you know, at the time, it's not like we had other, like, formats outside of ballet or theater for people to reference.
1: To be fair, an American who saw... Don Quixote spelled out and didn't know how to pronounce it would call it Don uh, Quijote or something like that.
0: Uh, fair. I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting here going, come on, DuPont. Yes, we are a dumb, dumb country, <laughs> but we're not that. It just, ah, anyway. <laughs> I also, I have my own beef with DuPont that Bastard. I could go into later. Screw um, you, DuPont. <laughs> the, the DuPont Corporation, yeah. Um, Anyway, so after this tangent, after a... (laughs) No no more tangents. (laughs) No more tangents. After an unsuccessful attempt of translating uh, the play from TV to stage, which, you know, that can be a little difficult, it was suggested by the guy who ended up directing the musical version of uh, Man of La Mancha slash Don Quixote, uh, Albert Marr, that they instead adapt the teleplay to a musical. So the show uses less string instruments than most shows of the time, and they actually tried to go with a more flamenco feel. So not flamingo? Not flamingo. Flamenco. Flamenco. (laughs) (sighs)
1: Um.
0: So the first production was performed in 1965 at the Goodspeed Opera House in Connecticut. We've had some other shows uh, with premiere
1: at the show. Yes? Just, I laugh at names. Goodspeed. How do they settle on the name Goodspeed? Is there a bad speed? Is there a mid speed? Is there, like, okay. <laughs> no more tangents. Please continue, Kay. <laughs> so
0: we would have had Rex Harrison as our lead for this, but... He was, uh, My Fair Lady, right? Yeah, okay. so... I'm learning. Rex Harrison is great and all, but... I... as
1: Don Quixote, you don't think he would do well?
0: Once you hear the music, you will see that, no, he would not have done very well. He probably would have <laughs> done the Spanish character in an English accent. And... and, like, to dream the impossible dream, to write... The unspeakable wrongs, you know, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have sung it, is what I'm saying. Um, So this show ran for 22 performances uh, at previews and then had an off-Broadway opening in November of the same year uh, of 1965. Um, In 1968, in March, it actually moved to Broadway. It started at the Martin Square Theater before moving to the Eden Theater in 1971. It had its final move in May of 1971 at the Mark Hellinger Theater, having run for 2,328 performances on Broadway. Wow. It picked up five Tony Awards. Nice. Picked up Best Musical, Best Leading Actor in a Musical, Best Direction of a Musical, Best Original Score, and Best Scenic Design. This was in the 70s? This, Yeah, this was in the 70s. And I mention scenic design because the stage version, um, it's different from what you would, what we'll see in the movie. The stage version only has one set, really, and that one set is a dungeon. Ugh. And it will make sense after we see the movie. Um <laughs> That's
1: that's a sad <laughs> phrase to hear. Oh, the dungeon will make sense later. Well, it will, but
0: it will. Dungeon. And, um, before we get into that, I will say that this does fictionalize a part of Cervantes' life um, when he had a tax issue, if I remember right, and got himself in some trouble. <laughs> so they, they do reference that in uh, the opening and closing of this show. The show's been translated a lot especially uh due to the popularity of one of the songs uh the impossible dream this song was a standard for a long time because of this show and man of la mancha has been performed in at least 18 other languages as well as nine of the dialects in spanish oh wow which there are a lot of dialects in spanish um we're going to be watching the 1972 version. And I, I had to go with this one because of our need for uh, closed captionings for both of us. But this isn't the best version that exists. This is just the most accessible version. Other ones that I could find were YouTube that were different levels of quality and, the movie is close enough to the stage play that I felt that we could still watch it and get the the proper feel from it. Though I'll go into some of the differences in a minute.
1: So it, But it is a musical movie, right? It is a okay. musical movie,
0: which... <laughs> let me get to that part, because we had some issues with production of the movie. Albert Marr, the director of the stage play, had never directed film before. Oh. And film direction, much like film acting is very different from direction for theater and mar ended up using the budget for screen testing the leads which he was not supposed to do and he used up quite a bit of the budget so he got fired <laughs> and they brought in peter glenville who is the reason that peter o'toole is cast as don quixote which whatever um not a fan <laughs> He can't sing. Okay. So this is going to be another one of those shows that's dubbed. Um, Oh, (laughs) okay. Uh, And you may remember Peter O'Toole from Lawrence of Arabia. Um, I actually haven't seen that. Okay, we'll watch that at some point. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So Glenville also wanted to get rid of all of the songs, much to Peter O'Toole's delight. And then Glenville got fired for removing most of the songs, (laughs) much to O'Toole's
1: displeasure. So to take a musical, make it into a movie musical, then they're going to get rid of all the songs and just make it a movie. Mm -hmm. Into a dramatic movie.
0: (sighs) And the thing about Don Quixote is there is quite a bit of satire in it because it kind of satirizes the idea of chivalry. So when you're trying to take all the musical and the, I, I don't quite know the word to describe it, but when you're, when you're trying to turn Don Quixote into a super serious story, I mean, this story is still serious, but there's humor with it. And a lot of the humor comes in the song numbers and stuff like that for uh, Man of La Mancha. If you're taking that out, then it kind of is like, well, okay then. And Peter O'Toole wanted it to be more dramatic. He wanted more of the Lawrence of Arabia, more of the I am a serious actor thing instead of I am in a musical. Um, Because he can't sing. Because he can't sing. And so Glenville uh, was replaced by Hillier, who brought back Wasserman, uh, Arthur Hillier. And uh, they ended up dubbing in... uh, Simon Gilbert at Peter O'Toole's suggestion because he was like okay well I'll help you find some people to dub in folks um here's a fun fact though the original choreographer for cats Jillian Lynn choreographed the movie
1: of Man of La Mancha
0: nice so this will be this will be kind of a it, so, it won't be cat dancing but uh, it'll still be good dancing okay
1: I was gonna ask if there's gonna be an orgy in this one Mm, not an orgy, but there is a
0: there's a scene that makes you pretty uncomfortable. Um, Yay! It's musicals. Everything is testing boundaries of comfort. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, this movie, like I said, is going to be a little different from the stage play. The opening's going to be different, and we'll talk about that change after we see the show, because they do add stuff to it that wasn't originally in there uh there were also two songs cut from the show what does he want of me and to each his dulcinea uh Dulcinea's the female lead for this show her name is milk well sweet like because uh leche would be milk oh, yeah. so dulce wow. would be sweet wow so
1: wow <laughs> I took Spanish, too. It's okay. Wow. It's okay, Warren. (laughs) Here I try to make a joke and all I do is go...
0: (laughs) So, the movie wasn't uh, well-received. Oh, sad. Yeah. Critics hated this. Uh, You'll like this line, though, from the Times review, even though I don't necessarily agree with it. So, they end up dragging not just one musical, but two musicals by saying that The Impossible Dream was surely the most mercilessly lachrymose hymn to empty-headed optimism, since carousels, you'll never walk alone. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) They're comparing it to carousel. This show is better than carousel, so I don't
1: agree with it. We've been through (laughs) everything. Anything is better than carousel. Really? Anything, Greece is Greece is better than Carousel. I, uh, uh okay. <laughs> Tangents. <laughs> so we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get to Carousel one day, and it's gonna be, uh it's gonna be a special event. That was a big sigh from our dog. Yeah, our <laughs> dog is not thrilled with my melodramaticness.
0: <laughs> so, um, I like I said though we're seeing that because. This version of the show doesn't have the best singing, and doesn't have the best acting, but it's the most accessible for us, and I really wish that we could have seen the version with Brian Stokes Mitchell, because he is a brilliant actor and singer, and it would have also been a nice introduction for you for him, but we'll we'll get to him later. So um, we're gonna go watch Man of La Mancha. And take a brief intermission, and then we'll be back with Warren's thoughts on how it compares to Carousel. <laughs> <laughs> We get to Warren's review of this show we want to take a quick moment and just thank
1: our playbill and stage crew sponsors our playbill sponsor Jasmine Wu and our crew our stage crew sponsor Bianucci thank you both so much for your continued patronage and support of our humble little podcast we really truly appreciate
0: everything you've done for us you guys thank you so much Now let's listen to a brief, ad from one of our favorite podcasts called History on Blast.
1: Hello, and welcome to History on Blast. I'm
0: Hillary, and I'll be your host as we call out history. Every other week, we'll be putting a different person, place, time, or event on Blast for the shit that they pulled. This ain't your grandpa's history podcast, so if this sounds like your cup of harbor tea, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher.
2: Welcome to the promo episode for Podcast Reviews Reviews Podcast, the podcast in which I review the reviews of my podcast. This is a promo, but it's also a full-length episode to show you kind of what the show's about and like. So if this is in your regular feed that you're hearing this, this is actually also going out to a bunch of other podcasts who are swapping promos in 60-second spots with me so I put their promo on my podcast later. So this is a a promo slash episode to tell you what the show's about. If you already know, then... Thank you for listening and being a listener. But if you don't, uh, my show called Podcast Reviews, Reviews, Podcast is about reviewing people's reviews of my show, Podcast Reviews, Reviews, Podcast. I go to iTunes and every time I, I look at the reviews, I read and rate your reviews of my show um, about the podcast. Uh, I'm almost at 60 seconds or up, so uh, check out my show in iTunes, rate and review it, Podcast Reviews, Reviews, Podcast, and we'll see you next week and now the lights are
0: going down and the music is starting back up. So let's hop into the second act of the show. Okay,
1: Warren,
0: so what'd you think?
1: Hear me now, oh, the nerdy and geeky among you, those more versed in theater than me. I am Warren the Uncultured, co-host of Tone Deaf, and I have a review for thee. Hopefully that didn't break anyone's eardrums through either volume or terribleness. So, my lord. Man of la mancha or as i dubbed it man of the munchies because he is an old man who is off his rocker he has mm-hmm. been taking some type of substance and has gone on a walk about seeking adventure uh <laughs> man of the munchies uh, it was good i mm-hmm. liked it um man of the munchies. it was it was it was different mhm it was definitely different um i enjoyed it though I'm glad. I enjoyed it, though. It's it's. I liked it better than Grease. Good. And, um, yeah. I liked and, it better and... than Carousel. <laughs> Ugh. The show that shall not be named. So, uh, Man of the Munchie starts out good with an Eyes Wide Shut number. Oh! Oh, it's a play with a douchebag uh, cardinal declaring someone a heretic. Everybody was in... You know, at first I thought it was masquerade stuff. I was not quite sure what was going on initially, and then it becomes clear that oh, it's a, it's a performance, and uh, someone's being put on trial for being a heretic. Mm-hmm. Am I? It seemed almost like he was doing a play of Don Quixote in the beginning, because he had almost the Don mm-hmm. Quixote, masking character. So, I'm
0: not 100% sure who he was
1: trying to be.
0: Okay, that's okay. Because I'm not sure if it's a nod to one of the other novels or not, because this is not in the play. Oh, the the intro part. The intro
1: part is not in the play. Okay. It starts in the dungeon. (laughs) Okay, so, okay, so is, I guess in the source material... Does it focus on Cervantes no. and he's telling the story? So it's from the perspective of Don Quixote as he's on his adventure. Yeah,
0: it's the store It's it's just his satire of chivalry okay. in the story.
1: Gotcha. Well, like I said, don't use this musical <laughs> for a book report. That's wise <laughs> advice, Kay. So Cervantes is a poet and a playwright and an actor who is excuse me arrested Mm -hmm. by the inquisition
2: Inquisition
1: inquisitiony things you know (laughs) just general non-compliance with the status quo so yeah he gets arrested and one thing i thought was funny is during the course of the opening um theater bit Mm -hmm. is you have the one of the guys says no man may read the bible or determine god's word but the friars and it's Yes how dare you try to get closer to God by reading his word which we tell you is true except most of you can't read priests can read but not you filthy peasants that um, totally didn't lead to
0: a reformation and <laughs> Martin Luther, Luther right yeah yeah Martin Luther's n- nailing 95 reasons he was mad at the church to the anyway
1: anyway, <laughs> anyway we digress and then uh yeah, so Cervantes gets arrested, but at least he has a nice blue coat and a kick-ass beard. <laughs> I dug his coat. I would I would like a coat like that. Blue's my favorite color and uh mm-hmm. even though it was a little bit dirty, seeing some wear and, and tear from its its use, it was a, it was a nice coat. I was mm-hmm. I was kinda focused on that coat, not gonna lie. <laughs> uh the dude has style, so uh, Cervantes' merry band of uh, Cervantes' merry band of Inquisitions, uh, Inquisition escorted adventurers, runs into the Bring Out Your Dead cart from Monty Python's <laughs> Quest for the Holy Grail. Uh, I assume that was a cart full of people who have died of the plague, because, or it was, you know, medieval. <gasps>
0: Might have been getting carted
1: out of that prison. So it's all I uh, didn't make
0: that connection until just now. Heretics. Yeah, murdered heretics. (laughs) It's his future, but not really, because Mm. also don't use this play for a biography on Cervantes.
1: (laughs) There we go. (laughs) What? You mean Hollywood is not historically accurate? Nor Broadway. Nor Broadway. (laughs) Um So Cervantes yes so cervantes is sent to prison and uh well oh sorry i got ahead of i got a little ahead of myself so cervantes goes into the inquisition keep and the first thing i noticed was hey they have a water wheel (laughs) at least the inquisition believes in clean energy stained with the blood of heretics Cervantes meets the merry band of underground dwellers and smellers who proceed to (laughs) ransack the two new residents. Oh no, we'll only be here an hour or two. Uh, While getting acquainted with their new roommates, uh, Cervantes is put on trial by the governor and the duke, who seem to be the kings of nothing. Uh, They're the self-appointed rulers of the prison pig pen
0: when the governor was introduced i was half expecting a walking dead joke i I
1: thought about that (laughs) okay i I really did i really did think about that but then i i i I went the other way he zagged i zagged zagged i zagged when you thought i would zig um (laughs) cervantes okay cervantes gets put on trial and he distracts them by basically recounting them with with I am not a bad playwright, and here's why. And he puts on a, a entertainment to distract them and prove that he's a, a good playwright. Um, we get to meet Don Quixote <laughs> and his lovable sidekick, uh, Sancho. Mm-hmm. And as they're two minutes down the road, Don Quixote spots a great evil in the middle of a field. <laughs> he charges forth against the evil giant... <coughs> Windmill. He fights valiantly to prevent the foul abomination. (laughs) The great enchanter transformed the horrible giant into a cancer-causing windmill (laughs) to prevent Don Quixote from an honorable victory. (laughs) Luckily, there is an inn nearby where Don can recuperate after his arduous battle. Thank God for small miracles, eh, Donnie?
0: Uh, I...
1: This thing is touchy, and I keep getting skipped ahead in my notes.
0: Do, 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 do.
1: <gasps> As they go to the keep to recover after arduous battle with the evil giant windmill, luckily Aldonza is there <laughs> to serve all the respectful and clean clientele. Ugh. Yeah, that poor poor old fool after making a grand entrance he hits the doorframe and gets knocked off his noble steed uh that was a great scene with don quixote being like we expected a dwarf to mount the <laughs> ramparts and uh, mount the wall and proclaim our arrival all the dwarves are busy like, all right that's great um don offers is he yes Don offers his services to the clean, respectful patrons of this fine establishment. His eyes fall upon Aldonza, who he seems to fall maddenly in love with. Aldonza has been burned before, but this sweet old geezer seems to be softening her jagged edges. Aldonza is now Dulcinea. Dulcinea. Dulcinea, thank you. Dulcinea. And Dulcinea has no idea what to think. What's Grandpa's angle? Her eyes seem to say. He may be crazy, but he's as noble and kind as they come cut to uh we have the donnie's niece as a donnie's niece and the housekeeper seeking comfort from the priest for the woe that fills their hearts after all they're only thinking of him Mm because they have that whole song they're only thinking of him they're only thinking of him uh duke douche plays the niece's (laughs) fiance a man who carries his own importance as if he fears of breaking it I did not like that character at all. He was a douchebag to the end. I felt, mm-hmm. um, but eh, I guess you know he was a a, a needed bad guy. Yeah, because uh, he it was his character was a little interesting because he's the prosecutor essentially in the prison trial. Mm-hmm. But in the quote unquote, well, I don't want to say the word, so in the story in the Don Quixote story, he's the well educated uh, fiance of. Of Don Quixote's niece mm-hmm. and he initially is like, oh, I don't know if I want to marry you if I'm going to inherit a crazy uncle and they're like, but there's money involved if you do marry her and he's like, I do like money maybe I could help cure this old codger and then I'll get his fortune. Yeah. The fiancé and the priest agree to try and cure uh, Quixote of his madness uh, Sanche, and then we cut back to the Don Quixote story, and Sancho relates a love letter to Dulcinea. Did I say No. Dulcinea. Dulcinea. God, I can't.
0: Dulcinea. Yeah, yeah.
1: My fat American tongue can't say things. (laughs) So Sancho relates a love letter to Dulcinea, but neither of them can read. But luckily, Don, Don had recited the entire thing to Sancho, who committed it to memory, so he may recite it to Dulcinea who is not impressed, by the way. She takes Sancho aside and asks him why he follows him. And Sancho has a simple response. I like him. I really like him. <laughs> Which Sancho is just an awesome wingman, I he may say. He is the best character he, in the whole show. He's a great character. He mm-hmm. is just honorable. He's he's very selfless. He's mm-hmm. uh, He genuinely cares about... Uh, I can't remember his real name, but Don Quixote. Mm -hmm. He generally cares about him, and he's just, he's always got his back. He's a good guy. It would be really easy for him to turn tail and run Mm -hmm. and leave the old man to his fate. But no, he is there in his corner. He has his back. Sancho wins the Wingman Award. Mm -hmm. I will say that. Uh, Quixote is thrilled to receive the gossamer washcloth of Dulcinea, but swelling in his heart is cut abrupt with the arrival of the dreaded barber who bears the golden helmet of Mambrino. <laughs> For after all, there can be no helm like the. Um, I do love when Quixote is pacing in the courtyard of, of the castle slash inn, and Sancho comes up to him and he's like, Oh, what? Did, did you give her the missive? Yes, I gave her the missive. What if the token? And then Sancho hands him, like sheepish, sheepishly, this raggedy, yeah. worn washcloth and Don Quixote takes it with like this reverent yeah. grace and is just like Gossamer it's just so beautiful he's I am just taken away he presses it against his face and leans into it and he's just mm-hmm. like so thrilled to get this grimy disgusting washcloth and rub it all over his face <laughs> but the scene with the barber was freaking great <laughs> The barber comes in and he's like, man, I could make a fortune shaving all of you, you unwashed heathens and, or whatever. And uh, I just love, and this was when I first noticed that Don Quixote has that corkscrew sword. Mm-hmm. I freaking love that. Yeah. That is the greatest thing. Because I'm like, how the hell do you make that? You have to heat the metal and then bend it in order to make that happen. <laughs> but I just love that he's got this corkscrew sword because it's like, couldn't, couldn't kill anybody no. with that. Uh, I guess you could, hack somebody with it but uh he's threatening he got the threatening gesture with it he's like you have this helm i want it it'll make me brave and blah 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 and he's like it's it's a wash basin it's a it's a wash basin when i for when i wash people and give them trims (laughs) um i just that scene was great and then um after he dons his new golden helm and feels the power of the wash basin basin flow into him. <laughs> Donny boy confesses to the lord of the castle that he has never been dubbed a knight and requests that at dawn he receive the boon of knighthood since he has met the checklist of requirements and exceeds them, in fact, by being bonkers. <laughs> the fiancé and priest show up to crazy land sporting funeral garb and a quest line for Donny to complete. Donnie must defeat the great enchanter to save the man who is turned to stone. This angers Dulcinea, who sees the man made of stone get up and shake off his his apparent petrification. And they all seem to be like, man, that guy is crazy. We should hopefully be able to snap him out with our little ploy. And Dulcinea, you know, I, I feel, I think out of everybody in this entire show... I feel really bad for her. Yeah. Like more than anybody because she's just born into a really, really shitty situation and she's constantly hounded by these grimy, filthy men who Mm -hmm. are just trying to bang her, you know? Yeah. And you get the one big hulking guy who basically forces his money into her hand. Mm -hmm. Like, take this or else. Yeah. And it was just like, Like, (laughs) just, like, being a person in that time, it's like, would it be better to stab these assholes with a knife and then go to prison and die, Mm -hmm. or to just constantly let them do this? Yeah, it's just,
0: it's a a damned if you do, damned if you don't, and it's...
1: (sighs) I think if I was a woman in that time, I wouldn't have lived very long, because I would have just started cutting off people's dicks. I mean... I'm just, you know, I'm just, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just saying, I, 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 I have issues with rape. Let's just say that. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I, the same here. So, this scene, I hate this scene, Little Bird Dulcinea gets ambushed by Horndog Squad and their alpha prick leader, Douchey McHookhand, mm-hmm. and I just, I don't, uh, those scenes, I hate those scenes so much. I want to yeah. jump into the TV With an axe and just swing at those people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dulcinea gets upset when when, uh, Don Quixote proclaims his love of service for her and his dedication to her name and glory. Dulcinea is not impressed. Or is she? She, I just... Like, what would it be like to be this woman Mm -hmm. who has constantly had asshole after asshole trying to force himself on her and then this really sweet bonkers old man just shows up and treats her like she is the sun and the moon and the stars Mm -hmm. and heaven it's like she she she's just of the mind of oh he just wants to have sex with me like every other man yeah but he's like oh i would no, like i just want to to serve you and i want Mm -hmm. to fight in your name and i want to bring honor to you and it's just ah this show gives me emotions That's Um, the point of this show. Yeah. It's doing its job. And then while Donnie is talking to Dulcinea about how he just wants to fight in her name and bring her honor and make her proud, basically, Pedro, or should I say, uh, Douchey McHookhand, comes down to Dulcinea while she's talking to Donnie, and he's very unimpressed that his whore is not performing her whorely duties. He slaps Dulcinea, which sends Donnie into a chivalry-fueled rage, one in which he, Sancho, and Dulcinea fight off the band of bastards. It's a great scene. I love it because the th- the only three decent people in the whole inn are fighting mm-hmm. off a-, a pack of assholes. Yeah. And then I love afterwards. It's like, victory. Victory? Victory! Yes. <laughs> Same word with three different punctuations. I love it. And then uh, the lord of the castle, or Castaneo? Is that how it is? I think that was how, yeah. Castaneo after performing his valiant uh, battle against the insurmountable forces, dubs Donnie a true knight of the woeful countenance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dulcinea goes to tend to the wounds of the defeated enemy at the objection of the noble knight, and for good reason, since the defeated band of bastards are, well, a band of bastards, and proceed to subdue and prepare to violate Dulcinea only to have the alpha douche McHook Hand tell them to pack up and take her with them. I hate this. I hate this so much. She should not have gone, and now we're going to be. De- de- da! I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like that scene. It makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. And fills me with chivalry-fueled murder rage, I guess, is the only way to, to, to put it.
0: I want to say I was like 9 or 10 when I first
1: saw this. When I, I had... Uh, talked to my mom earlier mm-hmm. and just mentioned that, that we were gonna be watching that for our show and she was like, Oh, I love that. I saw that when I was seven and I really enjoyed it. And as we're watching this, I'm just like there's a there's two almost rape scenes. See and well
0: and the second scene is a rape. Like canon wise. And, uh, in like the, in the in the book yes, and everything. It is a rape. And so when I was I, I wanna say I was ten when I saw this, maybe I was 11, but I was not quite yet. My innocence hadn't completely gone from me. <laughs> but this was one of those things where I was like, oh, oh, what the? Because we were having fun. And then this happened. Yeah. And... Mom? Mom? Why?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had. To, she
0: had to kind of sit me down and explain that one. And oof. Yeah, the that's you ne- you hear the song little bird little bird out of context and you don't realize what the context is and then when you see it you're just like ah I hate
1: the song Yay, now. Yay,
0: rape song. I hate the
1: song so much now. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really like the song to begin with and now hmm. I extra don't like the song. Uh, anyway, after the scene that we won't talk about we then cut to the prison, and Cervantes has a brief moment of bearing his soul to his fellow inmates after one of their number was taken away for questioning. He has a great monologue about reality. He talks about how he's been a soldier and a slave, and he's held dying man, men in his arms, and he's seen friends die, and he's seen, mm-hmm. you know, just all the, the the grime and filth of the world. Yeah. And you call that reality, and he talks about how imagination is more important because it gives dreams and it gives hope. Mm-hmm. and he has a great line that i love and he said maybe t-, and one of the guys says uh you need more sanity something to that extent and he says maybe too much sanity is madness Yep, and i like that line so good on you cervantes have some imagination as, uh, as albert einstein said imagination is more important than intellect so if albert einstein said it and cervantes said it then we should all agree with them <laughs> Afterwards, uh, we cut back to the story with Don Quixote. Donnie and Sancho run into Dulcinea on the road after they leave the inn. Uh, And I was very glad that they ran into her. uh, Because I was worried that she would just be taken with the Muellers and like raped forever. Never to be seen again. Never to be seen again. Or maybe they'd find her dead body on the road or something equally horrible but it mm-hmm. seems like the either she escaped or the Mueller's dumped her one of the mm-hmm. two but they run into dulcinea uh who luckily at least is not with the Mueller's anymore i mean she obviously was abused and she's very mad at donnie who still who sees her as dulcinea still Uh, The reunion is cut short by a squad of real knights in shiny armor who who proceed to spit upon the uh, Don Quixote. And and one of them tells him it is the Enchanter disguised as a knight. And he is actually the Knight of Mirrors and is trying to get in your head, Donnie. Don't believe him. Stay strong. You are a knight. One of true noble worth. So when Don Quixote is... is not arguing but telling dulcinea that no you're my lady or dulcinea you're dulcinea and she has her song of no i'm i'm a i'm a filthy whore i was born on a dung heap i'll die on a dung heap Mm -hmm. i'm just a whore look at me like see me as i am and uh when the knights show up uh they 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 look they're they're rocking some swagger they they look like Mm -hmm. they're in some expensive new suits and when they pull out their mirrored shields i was like hey that's not fair you're directing mm-hmm. the sun into his eyes. I thought there's going to actually be a bit of a duel, but they just all encircle him, and they basically mind-screw him. They make him see. They make him look what? into the mirror. See, you're just mm-hmm. an old fool. You're just an old fool. You're mm-hmm. not a knight. And uh, it, it works. He, he passes out. He falls onto the floor. And we don't really see the transition, but... We cut to him in his home. So they obviously Mm -hmm. picked him up and took him home. And he is in his bed, unresponsive. He seems like he's kind of dying. Mm -hmm. His health is very poor. Um, And Donnie is broken. And so is Cervantes. The Inquisition is coming for him soon. So he has just enough time to to improvise an ending to his play. Donnie is dead of the mind. And Sancho comes to visit. Just a few words, a little chat of this and that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's able to snap out, uh, snap the uh, the lord of the land out, and he brings back Don Quixote for, for just a... No, 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 it wasn't that. No, he he brings back... He, br- he brings him out of his state. Like, and, yeah. And he 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 gives him his, the right name, I can't remember what it is. no, Alfonso... Uh, Quijana, I think. Yeah, Alfonso Quijana, and they're like, okay he's he's back everything's okay but his health is still really poor mm-hmm. and he tells the priest that he wants to make a will and so the priest comes back and he's like okay you can just tell me and i'll write it down and he starts uh giving his last will and testaments and starts bequeathing his possessions when uh dulcinea breaks in dulcinea and uh she sorry where i have it in here so sancho snaps donnie out of his stupor He decides to make a will, and in the middle of it, Dulcinea bursts in and reminds him of his manhood. Don Quixote is reborn for 15 seconds before he dies. Yep. It was kind of sad because I thought maybe it would be a ride off into the sunset type of ending for Mm -hmm. Don Quixote, but no, he's got his arm around Sancho and his arm around Dulcinea and they're talking about how they're going to go out and do more adventures and then Mm -hmm. he just kind of collapses and is dead.
2: Yeah. And uh,
1: my the thought that came to mind was just like, wow, nice job, lady. You killed an old man. Now they're going to arrest you and try you as a witch. Oh. Would have fit the time. <clears throat> and uh, Dulcinea and Sancho have a, a moment outside of Don Quixote's manor. Um, and I thought it was cool when, when uh, Sancho goes to call her aldonza Mm -hmm. and she's like dulcinea and Mm -hmm. stuff. he's like dulcinea so i thought that was cool that was cool that yeah at least the positive thing i don't know what it's like in the uh source material Mm -hmm. but i at least liked that even though everybody around uh alfonso don quixote thought Mm -hmm. he was just a whacked out old codger doing this he was able to inspire yeah this woman who has been through hell yes. and he was able to put a fire inside of her and help her realize that she is better than what those around her said she was yes and so i really 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 like that aspect of it that mm-hmm. she basically goes walking away and she's kind of like and there was there was some interesting i don't know if it was intentional or if it's just my perception mm-hmm. but there was some interesting imagery with the fire. I don't know what the fire was in the back. They were burning something. I don't know if it was his night stuff. (sighs) I'm not 100% sure what it was. But it was at least um, some of the... I don't know. And I might be just seeing more than there is actually there. But when I saw that scene, to me, it kind of had this sense of a phoenix rising from the ashes kind of thing. So, like, Mm -hmm. they had the fire. Stuff is being destroyed. Uh... Aldonza has cast aside her old identity and mm-hmm. adopted this new identity. Yeah. And she is moving forward with her life um, as a new person. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a better person because of her meeting Don Quixote. So yeah. I thought that was a really a really good bit. Um, and then she basically walks off into the horizon and we cut back to the dungeon. Mhm. And it is time we are in the prison where they finally come for Cervantes, who's going to his questioning. And as he dons his coat and grabs his manuscript, he says goodbye to his fellow prisoners, and they sing the uh, the knights Knights Quest, I think is what the song might be called, Impossible Dream. Impossible Dream. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they sing Impossible Dream to him as he climbs the stairs to his uh, his questioning, mm-hmm. and uh, that was just it was good. It was a good yeah. scene. Um, it did kind of leave. It was very vague in the ending. It kind of left a bit of an ominous tone. It, 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 it to me at least, him ascending the stairs from the dungeon to go to his questioning, mm-hmm. and then it goes straight to the credits. There, it was almost had the feel of a man bravely marching to his death. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't Which, know if that was no. the tone they were going for, but it, that's the way I interpreted it.
0: Yeah, because I mean he. Lives after that. (laughs) Which is good. Good for you, Cervantes. Yeah. So, (sighs) you enjoyed that one?
1: I did. I kind of uh, just went and went and went. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you have anything you would like to add. I kind of...
0: So I was sitting here going, wait, was this in the source material? Because it's been forever. And um, actually, the Dulcinea stuff is kind of weird um so i will have to take some time and see if i can uh recall because i was sitting here going i i i remember some of the stuff with her being inaccurate and other stuff not and now i'm questioning. Whether or not they went that hard with regards to the men in the inn or not. Because the, the muleteer, who's Pedro, is definitely in it. And Dulcinea is definitely in it. So it's one of those things where I'm falling into the trap of using this play as a book report. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, will, it will probably be a... Because I do also want to have us watch the stage play.
1: At some point, I just don't know when we'll get to. hey, i I'm totally down with us treading over stuff we've already done, yeah, to see a different version of it,
0: yeah, because the the play is it, it's I mean, it's close to the movie, but it's not it's not one hundred percent the same as the movie because the play. Like, it is set in that dungeon, so they're using those set pieces, which you kind of see in the flashbacks to when they're in the dungeon, where, like, the two men are dressed as the horse, and... So,
1: So in the stage version, the whole thing just takes place in the dungeon from yes. beginning to end?
0: Yes, they are in the dungeon using different objects, like... To be the inn, or using the so you just kinda, props and costumes that he had. I wonder and, how they do the windmill. Ah, uh, it's... I saw it on... So when I saw it, it was on stage. I've seen the movie, too. And I can't remember which one I saw first. Because I've seen the stage play a couple of times. And it depends on
1: the theater. <laughs> gotcha. So it's just, there's not a set format for doing it? I, don't believe largely so. open to mm-hmm. however they want to do it because I mean
0: it's it's kind of like if you were to do, um, say well we haven't seen it yet but if you were to do ragtime at the Hale Center Theater you might have more resources than say doing ragtime at one of the community amphitheaters that wouldn't have makes sense quite the resources. Makes so, sense,
1: yeah. That's that's that's
0: it, fair. Yeah, just it depends on the place. Um, but yeah, I'm I I do want to do another watch of this with the um I, I wanna watch the stage version of this. Um, it would almost be interesting and I so there is a tape of what this is based on, like the the adaptation of Cervantes Don Quixote, um, the I Don Quixote, there is a tape of the teleplay, but I have a feeling that it's one of those you have to like go to the um oh where is it stored? I had it written. The Library?
2: Down.
0: Well it it's kind of it's one of the uh it's one of the film uh
1: Do we have to break into the film archive? No, we, we don't have to pull a we Mission don't Impossible. To, no. <laughs> dun dun
0: dun dun Um But uh it's it's one of those things that I'm kind of like, I kind of want to I kind of want to see that too because it's basically man of La Mancha without music. <laughs> so it so it's was more of a straight play. Yeah, it's more of a straight play. But not the dramatic reimagining that I think Peter O'Toole was thinking he was going to be cast in.
1: So is it supposed to be more comedic, I guess?
0: It's a satire. Well, satire um, yeah, okay. It kind of killed the knights and ladies genre at the time because it sort of held a mirror up to it and was like, Oh, look at how silly this is, and people were like Oh, God, look at how silly this is when it wasn't really supposed to do
1: that. But. See, and me personally, like, I... I mean, it almost sounds like a little uh, self-gratifying. I consider myself to be a somewhat chivalrous person. mm mm-hmm. um, You know, because I, I have manners and respect for women and, yeah. and stuff like that. And I have a, my own personal honor um, that I abide by. So I definitely... Mm -hmm. really liked the Don Quixote character and just how he's noble and in the face of adversity and in the face of ridicule, he sticks to his values and he sticks to what he views as right. Yeah. Even though he does steal a washbasin from a poor barber.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he assaults some poor windmill that was just minding its own business causing cancer to (laughs) nearby passengers, (laughs) passerby's.
0: Windmill cancer hadn't been invented yet. Oh, okay. Also, I refuse, I absolutely refuse to compare the m- amazing knight errant that is Don Quixote to
1: you know who. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is before we watched this, mm-hmm. I had told you this, but I don't think we told our, our wonderful, lovely uh, listeners. Mm-hmm. My first exposure to Don Quixote was from the PBS show Wishbone. <laughs> because they, yes. they cover Don Quixote in that. And uh, that's what I remember the most. As if I remember correctly, Wishbone was Sancho. Mm-hmm. He w- and uh, yeah, and I, I remember charging the windmill. Except if I remember correctly, in that one, as he's charging the windmill, he just gets hit by it and just falls off his horse. Yes. And uh,
0: I... yeah. Oh, I missed
1: Wishbone. Wishbone was great. Oh, it was such a great show. Mm-hmm. Little Jack Russell Terrier.
0: Yeah, he
1: was, he was a good boy. But this show was good. Um, I actually liked it quite a bit. I'm really I glad. I liked. I don't know. I I guess. I don't know. I guess to a certain extent, I. I guess the reason I liked it is I kind of identified personally with both Cervantes and Don Quixote because mm-hmm. I identified a bit with Cervantes' desire to shine a light on the bullcrap of the world Mm -hmm. through his poetry and through his theater just pointing out hey this is dumb this makes no sense yeah kind of thing which earned him uh, a trip to the inquisition Mm -hmm. you know uh because he's challenging the status quo and then of course don quixote with his rejection of reality as it was and trying to to make sense of it in his own way I just yeah. I thought it was really good, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. So this is this is probably higher up mm-hmm. than other ones oh, on, I'm a, glad. on my list. It'd be interesting every so often, like, we'll just go through and rank these and, like, give them some arbitrary mm-hmm. number and see where certain yeah. ones fall. Yeah. But, yeah. So this this was
0: good. I'm glad you did this one. Maybe, maybe next Weber Week we'll try and do a ranking. Maybe. All right, so... Since next week is the anniversary of my 31st year in a corporeal form. Or, I guess, my 31st anniversary of being in a corporeal form and being this human shell. um, We're going to be doing kind of a weird show, but I want us to do it because my favorite band is the one
1: behind this show. So... You're looking at me very odd. I, because we've been making jokes in a different way uh, about it being your your 31st rotation around the sun on, this, <laughs> on the, the starship Earth. And then you took it in a very different way, unexpected. That's me. That's you.
0: Gotta, got a zig. got always zig <laughs> when they want me to zag.
1: <laughs> oh, you surprised it's, me.
0: It's my non-binary bi experience gotta gotta keep you guessing uh who are you again well okay not that bad uh, speaking of though you you led into a great uh into a great transition for me because we are going to be covering the who's rock opera tommy who's rock opera the
1: who's who's rock opera
0: yeah the who's they're my favorite band they're but whose
1: rock opera is it?
0: it it's the who's rock opera What's on second, I knows on third. <laughs>
1: so is it Thomas the Tank Engine? No, the no, that's
0: opera? that's going to be later, actually, that we'll do that one. Uh, but that's not The Who. That's another Weber week. Um, but I'm not joking, by the way. But uh, anyway. There's a
1: Thomas the Tank Engine musical.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, but we're not doing that one. We're, we're going to do The Who's Tommy. We're going to do the movie. So I'm sorry in advance. Um, when did the movie come out? 1975. Okay. Yes, we'll we'll be doing the movie of Tommy, and then if I can find it, we'll do the stage version mm-hmm. as well, that we'll talk about in our next episode. But yeah, we're we're gonna do the Who's Tommy for my birthday.
1: Who's Tommy? Who 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 who? <laughs> I don't know who Tommy is. (laughs) Do you know a Tommy, audience listeners?
0: Oh, that's funny, because that song hadn't been written yet.
1: Anyway. (laughs) Things that Warren doesn't know. Number (laughs) 487,362.
0: So thank you guys so much for listening. We're, again, just thank you. We... Love seeing your ratings. We love the reviews. Um, we've actually had a couple of people join up in the podcast junkie Discord chat, uh, which has being really that cool. are fans, and it's just really awesome. Uh, if you want to join that awesome community, the link will be in the description as well as on our Twitter, which is at Tone Deaf Musical.
1: Yeah, give us a shout-out on there. Uh, yeah, ask us questions. You can say you agree with my wise synopsis of all the musicals, or you can say that I'm an idiot who doesn't know what he's talking about. Like either <laughs> either
0: opinion is valid. Uh, you can also catch us on Facebook, at Tone Deaf Musical. We have a Patreon, which is also Tone Deaf Musical. Yep, you can email us at tonedeafmusical
1: at com if you are so inclined.
0: Please do it. And if you have suggestions for shows and ways to source them, if they're ones that aren't widely known, or if you know of any in the Utah area that are uh, being performed that you'd be like, hey, you guys should do this, and you know, I wanna see an episode about it, then let us know, shoot us an email, because we, we, we don't bite, we promise. We're just a pair of very socially anxious millennials Elder Millennials. (laughs) Elder Millennials. (laughs) So that's it for this week. Once again, thank you guys so, 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 so much. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Tone Deaf.